Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Overspartners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about successful versus unsuccessful property investors. What's the difference? And we're going to tell you the things that both types of investors do. Now, some of the things we're going to say are pretty basic. Maybe you will have heard of it before. But here's the thing. This is going to hit some people listening to this right now pretty hard because there are a lot of people who aren't doing some of the basics right. Now, Andrew, what do you think number one is, the things that successful people do? So I think number one is where property investment actually sits on your priority list because it's a big commitment. Like it's something that's going to require time and money. And is it high on the priority list or or does it come after all those other things? Like, you know, renovations are one of those big things. Like the number of times that I hear an investor start talking about property investment and now they're going to renovate their house. Or now they're going to buy in the school zone for their kids, or now they're going to upgrade their car or something like that? Well, I think the reason behind that is if you're going to invest in property, then you're not going to be able to do something else. Like investing in property, borrowing a lot of money to do it, takes away other options that you could do. Or it slows them down. And that becomes really clear once you start thinking about borrowing six dollars to $800,000 to go and buy an investment property. So I think that's where it comes yeah. from. Now, where does property investment sit for successful property investors? So it just needs to be high on your priority list. Successful people who want to build a portfolio need to make property a top priority while they're looking for properties. And where people go wrong, where people mess up is when they go start looking for investment properties, but deep down, it's actually only number four or five on their priority list. And why is that an issue? Well, it's because all of a sudden something else becomes more important. That pool becomes more important. That renovation project, that deck becomes more important. That new Tesla becomes more important. And then they don't end up investing. I think that moving your kids, your partner, your family out of that list, I think property has to be the next one or two positions. If property is number three or four on your list, those other priorities are going to come up. And I'm really talking... Why is Eliza on my list? <laughs> I don't write your list. No, I well, put... look, pro- property will give her the future, mate. I she... would have put Property she... Academy podcast <laughs> as number one on your list, above investment property, because there's so many people counting on you. So I think property's got to be really high, at least while you are looking for properties, yeah. when you're in that purchasing phase and growing your portfolio. Once you've got a property set up and you've got a tenant happy in there, it can fall right down your list and it probably should if you're taking that long-term buy and hold strategy. But during the phase where you're looking for property, it's got to be high on the list, not because it necessarily takes a lot of time, but because it will take up a lot of your mental bandwidth. You're going to be thinking about it. Yeah, and look, we're not saying what your priority list needs to be. All we're saying is if you want to be a successful property investor, property needs to be high on the priority list. So number one, Property Academy podcast, (laughs) number two, investing in property. So I think what you've got to do is if you are, you know, for the month you're going to buy property, put it at the top of your priority list. The second thing successful people do is they have both partners on board. And I know what you're going to say, Ed, you always say we've got to both be on the same page. Well, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. You see, if you're in a relationship, both partners need to be on board 99% of the time. And when I say that, I mean 99% of couples will need to be on the same page. There is a rare 1% of the time where one partner can do it on their own. 
But most of the time, that won't be the case. And I'll give you an example, Andrew. We recently had one of our financial advisors, Kathy, and she was telling me a story about some of the investors she's working with. And it's usually a male, actually, who's trying to be a bit cheeky. He says, now, is there any way I can do this without telling my wife? <laughs> no, no. Absolutely not. No. Get a divorce is the only way. And then the second thing he said, okay, but my wife's not interested in property, so she's not going to make the decision, so we'll just bring her in at the end. <laughs> now, that is something that people often think is a good idea, but it's actually the worst idea in the world. And the reason is, if you don't take your partner on the journey, then they will mess it up at the end. You've found the property you want to purchase, and it's a four-bedroom, standalone house somewhere in New Zealand, and you say, this is it, this is the one. They're going to have so many questions. Well, I'm not sure about this area. I don't not, not sure about the school zones. Oh, but the guys on the podcast told me that wasn't an issue. Well, I don't know about that. Well, is this the right area? What sort of tenants are we going to have? They're going to have so many questions. Now, why do they have questions? Because you didn't take them on the journey with you. Have you ever tried to come home and pretend like, you? oh, no, I told you this already. Have you tried to sneak one past the goalie that way? Well, sometimes I think that I've told them something oh, about yeah, this sure you and do. it's you're, not the case. You're an invested liar, but it just never, ever, ever works. Look, successful investors get it right from the start. They take their partner on the journey with them, and I'm specifically talking about that purchasing journey. They don't have to get educated for two years, listening to podcasts, videos, reading books, but during that purchasing phase, successful property investors take their partner with them. Unsuccessful property investors, they don't, and then they don't end up investing. Number three, unsuccessful people wait for the perfect property. They wait for that unicorn property. They want a property which is both High growth and high yield. And look, they honestly don't exist. And look, I'll tell you an example of someone I was working with the other day, an investor that we've been working with for a while. They've got a really, really limited budget. And so because of that, we looked at very specific properties that would fit their needs in terms of capital growth. And we got pretty far down the process of actually doing due diligence on this property. And then they, they got the cold feet, which absolutely normal part of doing due diligence. I think we did a podcast on it. And they decided, we're going to stop. We're going to wait for something cheaper. And there's just nothing you can do with that because there is not going to be a cheaper property within their budget that finishes in the timing that they need with their requirements with jobs. And they'll end up waiting and waiting and waiting until it will be too late. Successful people, on the other hand, they buy something, but they don't just buy anything. So I don't want to make you think that you have to just go out and buy something. You still have to have buying criteria. You still have to look in the right locations. You need to be methodical in what your list needs to be, but they also know that there are trade-offs. High growth means that you are going to compromise on yield. High yield means that you're going to compromise on growth. And successful people know that property investment is actually about getting runs on the board. Your first property is probably not going to be the last property you buy in a property portfolio. Or so the best property a lot of the time. Definitely not. You want to actually get a foot on that ladder. And the trouble with unsuccessful people is they might have in their mind that they want to build a portfolio, but they never buy the first one. And you can't build a portfolio without buying the first one. And I should say, when we're saying unsuccessful people, successful people, we're talking about Property investors who are successful in the property investment process. And when we say unsuccessful people, we mean people who are unsuccessful at actually building a portfolio. We're not making a judgment no. call on 
people's personalities. This is who are the people that are really good at property investment and end up growing that portfolio? And who are the people who don't succeed at that goal? Many of the investors I talk to, they're all the same. They want to grow a property portfolio. They want to have options later on in life. They know this. But some people will build a successful property investment portfolio of a couple of properties, whatever that means for you. But some people, even though they've got the ambition to build a property portfolio, won't do it. And these are the things that get in their way. They look and wait for that unicorn property. They don't bring their partner on board with them. Or property just actually isn't the priority on their list at the time where they're seeking out properties. And the next thing that people who are successful at building that property portfolio do is they are patient. And what I mean by that is we're out for lunch and you probably are going to be surprised that I remember this story, Andrew, because we're probably four mimosas deep at, at this point. Who's that? Yeah, exactly. Another round. <laughs> but Andrew, you got an email while we were out for lunch the other day that said, Andrew, I bought a property 12 months ago and according <laughs> to your return on investment spreadsheet, it should have gone up in value by 6% by now. Can you please explain to me why my property is not worth an extra $60,000 at this point? And we laugh a little bit, but the difficulty is this investor, two things, has probably misunderstood the purpose of financial modelling, which is that we can say that property prices, generally speaking, go up by 5 or 6% a year, but there are going to be times where they decrease by 16%, and there are going to be times where they've increased by up to 30%. There is a real range in that. It's not a consistent 5 or 6% a year even though I, I kind of wish it was. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But my real message there is that the people who are really successful in property investment see it as a 15-year investment. So you're not going on homes.co.nz and checking the value every second day or every second month. You're looking at what's going to happen over a 15-year period. And I think you could also apply that when somebody's actually going out and purchasing property. You know, Sometimes I get calls. I remember somebody calling me up at the peak of the market who said, I've just got to buy something and I need to buy something in the next two days. They, <laughs> I love those ones. They must have had a – you get uh, them too. Yeah, what they'll have is they'll have something selling and they want to transfer the loan and so they'll just buy anything for the sake of carrying that loan on. And I know for a fact those people never end up investing because – they rush into things. If you're trying to buy something, anything within the next two days, you're probably going to make a bad purchasing decision. But often you are much more likely to get cold feet. Once it comes to pulling the trigger and investing, you'll feel like you've rushed it. And often that's because you have. You've just tried to buy something within two days. As Andrew said before, people who are successful in building a portfolio are methodical. They do the research. They do the planning. And then they feel comfortable enough to make an investment decision because they did it the right way. And Andrew, what's number five on our list? Uh, unsuccessful people aren't willing to accept the realities. And uh, let me tell you a story of an investor that I was working with. So this investor came to me and they were going to buy a property. And I ran the numbers for them and I said, this is going to be terrible because you're going to have a terrible tax obligation with this property. So interest deductibility. Yeah. Do you know what the answer to that was? Um, turned it into a new build. Yeah, no, no. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore that, and I just won't file my tax returns. Oh, you won't tell the IRS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just not pay tax. That was his answer, and that was terrifying to me because it made me realise that there are people out there that rather than accept the reality that we existed, where you've got to pay more tax on a, an existing build, 
they were just going to disregard the IRD's laws and not file a tax return. Well, how would the IRD know? Well, when you buy a property in New Zealand, you have to supply an IRD number, so that'll be a bit of a clue. Oh, so the IRD will know how many properties that this yeah. person knows and how many you own and yeah. how many I own. Yeah, really easy to find out. And they'll find out eventually, not only will you have to pay that money, but you'll have all these penalties. And that's just, it's not a good way of doing business. You can't go into business, and property investment's a business, and think, well, I'm just going to break the law. That's stupid. So what do successful people do instead? Successful people run the numbers and they work within the laws and they also plan ahead. So they might look at the numbers and, and think, okay, well, what do I need to change to get into a position where this does work under the law? I'll give you another example. So there was an investor seeing one of our property partners in the Auckland office just recently. And on the surface, we looked at the numbers and thought, well, this potential investor can't actually invest right now. They've got quite a lot of debt personally. Now, when we dug into the details, they're actually going to sell their owner-occupied property, which had plenty of equity in it, but it had a high mortgage. They're going to downsize that, and then they were going to go and buy a cheaper townhouse to live in with lower mortgage, but then also use surplus cash to start investing. So they were willing to make some major life changes to actually get ahead and make this affordable for them in a high interest rate environment. So they've got an expensive home with a big mortgage. They're going to sell that to buy two cheaper properties, one to live in, one as an investment. And so that's just one example. I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that, but people who are successful in growing an investment portfolio are willing to make changes and also face reality. And I'll give you one final one. Often successful investors or people who are successful in property investment will change their thinking when the facts change. You see, sometimes you try things and they don't work out. Or maybe you always thought that flipping was a good idea and then property prices start declining and you can't do it anymore. And so you've got to try something else. When the facts change, people who are successful in property investment change their minds and try a different strategy. They don't just say, oh, well, my mum always said that the money was in the land, so I, I need to buy something with a lot of land, despite the fact that we've run numbers in the past that suggest that that probably doesn't make that much of a difference to capital growth unless it's getting rezoned or subdivided, something along those lines. Those are the main six factors of people who do successfully grow portfolios. First of all, property is a priority for them when they are searching for properties. They also take their partners on board with them. They don't wait for the unicorn property, despite the fact that they will be methodical in trying to figure out which property to purchase. And they are also patient while also accepting reality and changing their strategies when the facts change. Andrew, anything else there? I think if you're going to be a successful property investor and you do want to build a portfolio or something of significance, then you do have to have a bit of that entrepreneurial spirit. You need to actually accept that there are some risks that you can mitigate, but you can't control. And you still have to do it anyway. Now, again, we're not saying you're unsuccessful if you don't invest in property. There are plenty of successful people that don't invest in property. In fact, I'm working with an investor right now or a potential investor right now who's a very successful business person. As a result, he pulls apart everything and he will be an unsuccessful property investor, I guarantee you, because he can't get his head around taking the first step at the moment, or it's at least going to take him a lot longer than maybe some of my other investors that kind of, they don't run businesses, so they don't have any other choice, quite frankly. They have to invest in property because that is their business. So I think you need to have a little bit of that braveness to actually be able to go in there and, and take the first step because once you do that, you realise, hey, that wasn't so hard after all. 
Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 